welcome to How Government Built This, Strengthening and Empowering Our People and Culture, a series of podcasts and blogs exploring the intersection of innovation and diversity, equity, inclusion, and accessibility, or DEIA. This series was developed in partnership with the Department of Treasury's Bureau of Fiscal Service and ACT-IAC's Emerging Technology Community of Interest. Hello, I'm Cindy Good, the Director of our Innovation Office at Fiscal Service, and over the coming months, I have the pleasure of introducing you to leaders from across and beyond the federal government who will share their perspectives on innovative approaches to driving DEIA. Each episode in our six-part series will feature leaders with a deep commitment to improving the culture and employee experience of their organizations as demonstrated by their efforts implementing DEIA principles. You'll learn about the barriers they've faced, the challenges they've overcome, and the lessons they've learned on their journeys. Today's episode is all about mentorship. We will talk about what makes a good mentor, the roles mentor play in our lives, the importance of a common language, and the benefits of mentorship to an organization. Javier Inclan and Migdalia Gonzalez, both from the National Council of Hispanic Employment Program Managers, will walk us through the path of mentorship and insights from it. Enjoy the episode. Thank you very much, everyone, for being here. It's a pleasure to be back uh, on the podcast. My name is Javier Inclan. Uh, I'm the Assistant Inspector General for Management and CIO at the NSF OIG, but for these purposes, uh, I am also the Vice Chair of the National Council of Hispanic Employment Program Managers. And with me today to talk about mentoring is a good friend and colleague and someone who, who is an expert uh, in this area, Migdalia Gonzalez from the Federal Aviation Administration. Migdalia? Welcome, and thank you all for the opportunity. As Javier mentioned, my name is Migdalia Gonzalez. I am what they call the Hispanic Employment Program Manager in the Office of Civil Rights at the FAA. But in this particular conversation, I am the lead for training at the National Council of Hispanic Employment Program Managers. So thank you. Outstanding. Thank you, Migdalia. And it's a pleasure to be with you on the podcast. So let's start with, with a very basic question. There's always you know, some confusion regarding what's a mentor, what's a coach, what's a sponsor, um, other things that people, you know, throw out there. So how do you define a mentor? <sighs> Mentoring and coaching, they, they really cross-pollinate a lot of times. But a mentor is really um, what you have to think about as a professional relationship that you establish with someone that can help guide you to your next step, whatever that may look like. All of us are different. All of our goals are different. So we need to really be strategic and identifying someone who can help us get to where we want to go. Um, and so with coaching, it's really about um, identifying someone who's going to help me get a job and I'm going to get there or really more personal development. But when it comes to mentoring, we need to ensure that we identify an advisor that will help you on your path, not give you a job, okay? Because that's the misconception everybody gets. Um, and it's also not a one size fits all. I am way past my developing career. I'm on the way down, meaning that I, I can retire um, very shortly. 
but it's always, I still have mentors now. And I have mentors for the different skill sets that I believe I want to develop. And so really identifying that mentor is going to help you almost get unstuck from the position you're in. Like, where do I go? What's my next step? I don't know what to do, um, you know, or, or your fear holds you back. And having that person, that trusted advisor to walk you through the process is um, there. It's priceless. There really is no monetary value for the importance of how much a mentor can help you on your way. I love it. I love it. Great answer. I, I, I love the fact that you mentioned, you know, it's not about getting a job because I've heard you say that you know, maybe 50 times over the last year or so, uh, because it's so true. People look at a mentor and, and they want an in with, let's say, a senior executive or someone that's at a higher level. And the first question is, you know, how do I get my insert grade here? Or how do I get into this job? Or do you have any openings? Um, and, and that's not a good way to start a mentoring engagement by any stretch of the imagination. Um, if I'm a, a an employee, what makes me think that it would be beneficial to have a mentor. So you mentioned a little bit, but if you could go a little deeper, why a mentor? What? Why would I seek that out um, in my career, regardless of what stage I am in, in my professional development? Well, you have to think of yourself as a CEO, right? You are the boss of you, of where you're going. Every CEO, especially in the private sector, they have a board. Right, and a mentor is part of that board. So you really need to identify, because the hardest thing for humans to do is to look in the mirror, right? <laughs> we don't like someone to tell us, mm, you know, there's, this is an area, or I, I, I don't like it, but I love it when people are like, oh, you have a skill gap. What does that mean? I tell people all the time, I hate numbers. I hate them. Like if you give me an Excel spreadsheet, I need colors on it. I need graphs. I need something to keep me entertained. But if I know that that is my weakness, that that is an area of opportunity that I can improve upon, then what should I do? Let me find someone who is an expert in that area who can help guide me to so I can do this better. And this is a personal, listen, I have a personal agenda. If I have to create an Excel spreadsheet, I wanna make sure that I do it right the first time. So how do I do it right? How do I find someone who can help me be better at numbers? Doesn't mean I can't do it. It's just that, you know, it's like pulling teeth for me. It's You're, you're killing me here. But we all need to know that. And if you wanna be an effective leader, Whatever that looks like for you, whether it's at home, whether it's at the church, whether it's a community organization that you volunteer at, whether it's the team or the agency or the office that you work in, you really have to say, what can I do to get better at fill in the blank, whatever that looks like. So a mentor can really serve so many purposes. So for example, um, if you're not a great public speaker and the, the thought of speaking in public sends you, breaks you out into hives, you start stuttering, you turn all kinds of shades of red. Well, then this is about how do we make it, how do I get better at this? How do I get comfortable in my own skin? Well, find someone, find someone who does this all the time. 
You don't want to sound like, uh, 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 mm, 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 right? You want to find someone who's going to make you be a better version of yourself. And I, I need you to understand that this is not about you getting another job that's going to pay you $5 more, right? Because we have that misconception that getting a job that gives us more money is going to make us better. No, getting a mentor, multiple mentors to really work on you personally is what's going to give you the success you need because you need to understand where we're going forward. Outstanding. And I love that you, at towards the end, you said multiple mentors because Javier may be good mentor for this position or, you know, or, or this category, but Migdalia may be a little better in something else and XXX, right? So, you know, reaching out and, and making sure that you have the right people as a mentor. So speaking of that, you know, we talked a little bit about a mentee and, and what they should be looking for as far as their career and, and getting a mentor. In your opinion, Migdalia, what makes a good mentor? Well, first, you need to be able to establish a rapport with that individual, right? Um, most people think that, oh, I want to become an SES, so I'm going to find an SES. No, no, no. It's not just about that. It's how do you communicate with that person, right? Do you have respect for that individual? It could be a peer who's been doing that particular job for a long time, and you notice they're just always knocking that out the park. Well, you don't want to take their job away. You just want to know how can I be better at doing what I'm doing? It could be someone who is a manager, it could be a peer, as I just mentioned, it could be a senior leader, right? What is it about that leader? Do you see yourself in that position? If you wanna, let's say, become an SES, okay? Well, there's not too many Latino SES. How do we figure that out, right? Well, does it really matter that they're Latino? Well, being a Latino helps you to establish a rapport of understanding because culturally speaking, you're on the same lingo, right? You you understand the challenges of moving away from your family because Latinos by nature, we don't like to move away from our families. We don't like to move away from what we know. But do I need to take the step and move away, let's say go to Washington DC for a year or two that would help me come back bigger and stronger than ever before, right? It's not about the failure. It's always about the comeback. And when you have mentors, it's about how do I be better than my version of yesterday? If I know, for me, Migdalia, right? I can only speak on me. I'm I'm an extrovert. I am sure you didn't accept, you didn't understand that at all. But I'm an extrovert, but I'm also a passionate person, right? Growing up in my career, I was always uh, tagged as, ooh, she's a little aggressive. She's a little too passionate, right? She's a little too emotional. Well, how do I learn to reel that in and not change who I am, but learn to fight, to load up the gun in a way that when I need to bring it out, I can. And how do I do the dance? Javier, you know, I always talk about dancing into opportunity, right? Everyone has a different relationship. Everyone has a different song in their head. How do we connect the dots? And so finding a good mentor requires you to one, do you have a comfortable 
Do you feel comfortable with that person, right? Do you, you got to establish trust. Trust is huge. And we're not talking about you taking them home to dinner and all of that, or, you know, breaking bread with her all the time. This is about, do you trust their decision-making process, right? Have you watched their career, the things that they've done? What can we do better? How can I take a piece of the stuff that Javier does, that um, Colin does, that Maria does, and how do I add it to my own toolbox? Because everyone is going to be different. Absolutely correct. Um, I want to peel the onion a little bit because you talked about, you know, similar grades, peers. Unfortunately, very recently um, and in the past, I've heard senior executives mention something to the effect of, well, I only mentor GS-15s or other SES, right? I, I shouldn't be bothered with, you know, mentoring the GS-11 or the GS-12 or what have you. Um, I don't believe that. I, I don't believe in that. And and I've had multiple ranges of, of grades and positions that I've mentored. And I've always got gotten a lot out of all of those engagements. What are your thoughts as far as separation of grade or recency of experience, things like that, when it comes to a mentor-mentee relationship? So I'm in agreement with you. And honestly, if a leader comes back to you with that type of comment, you don't want that person, right? That is an individual with a very narrow-minded thought process, right? A great leader is always looking for how do we prepare for the next version of us, whatever that line of business is. So if an individual is arrogant enough to say, oh, I'd only deal with so-and-so or this particular grade level, the actual person who's losing out is that individual. And for you, as someone who's a mentee looking for a mentor, you want to find someone who actually is similar in thought process as you. If you want to try to go after someone who is nothing like you, then you're never going to have a meeting of the minds. So you really have to do your due diligence and ask questions, right? And it's okay to say, you know what? This person is not for me. Because the only one who is responsible for your career and your journey is you, not the manager, not your manager, not your boss, not the secretary, nobody else but you. And so you have to be bold enough to understand who is it that, who is Migdalia and what does she believe in and what is valuable to her. So when you're looking for a mentor, you need to find someone who may be different than you, but still has similar values and, and, um, principles that you carry because what's going to happen is one you don't want to develop bad habits and just because someone's in a leadership position doesn't mean that they know anything because unfortunately unfortunately in the federal government we do not do a great job about putting people in leadership positions that know how to lead people and not manage processes Absolutely. Could not agree more. And I, we say it all the time. And, and it's just fascinating how the more we say it, I think the less people listen and they don't really understand the difference, which is, you know, baffling to me. But it is what it is, to your point. Um, I'm going to ask a two part question, but I'll do it in, in, in segments. So the first part is. 
overall, what is a benefit of mentorship for the mentee, for the person that's being mentored? Well, when you're a mentee, the benefit of a mentor is that it will expose you to different ideas, different thought processes, um, different experiences, right? You may have a limited scope, right, of experience because you never did something like that. And so having a mentor that may, um, that has achieved, right, that you want to be like when you grow up, it's because they've had all these type of experiences. And what does that look like, right? And so for you as an individual, it's, it's twofold. It's personal growth, right? Because we as humans only grow when we are challenged, right? When things go well, we don't grow. But when we're challenged, then it's like, okay, well, I didn't think about it that way. Um, let me see if Javier knows something. You know, hey, Javier, how you doing? Um, I'm faced with this situation and I'm kind of stuck. I don't know what else to do. I don't know where to go. I don't know if I can even do this. As opposed to Javier saying, okay, let, let's, let's assess where we're at. What is it that's challenging you? Because most times the mentees have the answers in themselves. And so what happens is because we are human, because we have insecurities, we doubt what our capacity is or are, right? Capacities are, what, are, what can we really do? Um, it's very much similar to, let's say a mom, a mom who's been home with three kids and she raised, and now she's coming back to the workforce, right? Um, and she feels insecure. Well, I don't know if I could do this job. Well, let's 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 talk about that, right? Did you manage things at home? Well, yeah, I did the budget. I did all the. I made sure the kids got to school. I made a rent. So you know how to manage finances, right? And so really, it's just um, just a slight switch of oh wait, maybe I can do this. And so having a great mentor will help you really look at your best features and how do we bring them out. And if there's some area that is not your skill set, then that's okay too, because no one knows everything. I don't care who it is, not even the president of the United States. He himself has a joint chief of staff. He himself has people who, who provide advice to him. So you have to really create that board for yourself of experts who are going to help you be the best version of yourself. Excellent. So let, let's talk to the organization. So we know that many agencies have mentorship programs. Um, I really don't think they do it to check the box. I really believe that folks in learning and development really believe in this process. What are the benefits to an organization? Why would a leader say, you know what? Yes, I want to devote, devote some resources to a mentoring program within my organization. So we all know here in the federal government, we all have those, you know, the federal survey, the Fed survey thing that goes out, right? Why are they doing that? Because they're trying to assess the, the environment of the federal government. And what happens? They don't want to hear that their employees, that the federal employees are not happy. They don't want to hear that the federal employees are not being um, prioritized or that they feel they don't have opportunities. When you are an organization, first of all, number one is the environment, right? It's the employee morale. Are our employees, do they feel valued? Do they feel appreciated? How do we do that, right? That's the leadership. How do? It's always top down. 
But, the, you know, most people say, oh, well, the employees, the employees, the employees are a clear indication of what that leader is doing in that particular office. If people are miserable, it's because of the leader. Great employees never leave an organization because of the organization. They leave it because of the poor manager that they had. So that's number one. Number two, succession planning. We in the federal government, most agencies, over 50% of their staff can retire today. What does that mean? All of that institutional knowledge is going away. But if you really were to set up an informal mentor uh, group at your particular office, you, we're not talking about up above. I'm talking about down below with your team. If you do a peer-to-peer -peer men peer -peer mentoring, if you do um, let me, the manager, take time and meet with these folks to share the knowledge, one, it makes your job as a leader way easier because you have empowered your staff with the information and the guidance they need to move forward. Number three, innovation and creativity. When your employees feel that they are empowered to step up and come up with new ideas and new thoughts and, and new innovations, it actually puts the agency ahead of the curve, right? We don't want to be a reactive agency. We want to be a proactive agency that we want to be proactive in identifying the talent that we already have. How do we tap into that? And then move, have them empower them and empower them to take the leap forward to step into new opportunities because that's where we fail, right? Um, most employees who've had poor managers will just check in and check out. They log in, they log out. They do the bare minimum of what they have to do because according to them, their manager has done nothing to help them. They don't support them, do anything. They don't lead us to take the leap. But when you have a great manager, you may have turnaround because your, your employees are now stepping into their best versions of themselves. And at the end of the day, you want the federal employee to move up into new positions, to take that talent and those ideas and that new environment and expand it, right? We wanna make sure that it spreads, spreads in a positive way, not a negative way. And unfortunately, you know, a lot of agencies don't understand the importance of mentorship and what it can really do and how it turns people around, right? Just think of this, if you have one bad apple in a bunch, it ruins the whole bunch. But if you have one great leader and now you're doing two and three mentees, now they themselves are spreading it and they themselves are sharing the knowledge. They indirectly become mentors to their own colleagues and to other employees across the, the agency. So it's really, um, it's like taking a rock and I don't know if you've done this growing up, but if you take a rock and you throw it in the pond, right? And it creates waves, right? That's what happens when you have great mentors because they then empower those employees to indirectly be better. And then that in turn indirectly impacts how relationships and the environments are made. Um, Stephen Covey talks about that in building um, the speed of trust, right? Where it talks about, 
you you have what can you control what can you control and what don't you have control over and so those waves are what you indirectly can control because you are serving as an example of what good comes out when you have a mentor who is helping you make decisions that benefit you truth absolutely truth um you, you mentioned mentors and, and multiple mentees you know i know for a fact that that you have several and when i use the word several i'm probably underestimating by whatever the x factor is of mentees internal to your organization and external official and unofficial um, I try to do the same thing and, and give up my time. Neither one of us gets paid to do this. Um, sometimes I think we should because it, it would probably be, you know, a lucrative um, engagement. But for now, um, we do it because of, you know, the kindness out of the kindness of our heart. And we want to give back. What would you tell our colleagues at any level? Leadership, you know, could be an SES, could be a 15, could be a 12, doesn't matter. What would you tell folks about the benefits of being a mentor and what would you do to encourage them to be a mentor? The value of having a mentorship program, whether formally or informally, is invaluable. We as individuals who have experience, we have gone through the experience. So if we share that knowledge with others, the learning curve is cut short. Right. The reality is, is that we have to, as a federal government, we are fiduciarily responsible. Right. We have to be respectful of the monies that we are assigned to as a federal agency. What more effective way would a mentorship or monies be put to to work in developing the talent that we already have? I have a number of uh, mentors, as we previously mentioned, Javier, and and it's always about how do I become a better version of myself? Not so much just for me, but really how do I bring my ideas to the table that will then in turn have insight or provide great innovation, as I mentioned earlier, for the future of our government, right? We cannot as in any federal agency, we can't be stagnant. We can't stay in the same spot doing the same thing over and over again. We actually have to be extremely proactive in finding solutions that will address the needs of the public. And our public is changing all the time, right? A few years back, we were predominantly one generation. Now we have six generations and soon to be seven generations working at the same time. How do we tap into the talent that already exists if, let's say, Jose has been working at an agency for 25 years, he's ready to retire. He deserves the opportunity to retire. Well, how do we get Angela, who just came up in the ranks, she just graduated college, she doesn't have experience, but if we were to tag team both of them together, now... Jose has his worth as an individual, but also his talent and his experiences. And by mentoring, whether informally or formally, Angela, he now empowers Angela with insight and information that you can't find in a book, right? Going to college is great. I will never, ever um, say that it's not important. But the whole peer-to-peer -peer mentoring, whether, again, informal or formal, solidifies what you learned. Well, this worked then, but this is going to work now. 
we tried this project five years ago, but it didn't work because we didn't have the technology. But now Angela's coming in. She knows all about this technology. Jose didn't learn anything about it. Now you can combine that information and talent to actually execute a project effectively, right? It's it's providing that flexibility, that avenue of innovation that we normally don't have if we get stuck doing the same thing over and over again and not being open to something new. So having a mentor program um, is invaluable. A lot of agencies, I'm happy to say, do have formal mentoring programs, but you really have to take the time to set up a program that's going to be effective. Right now, uh, I'm in the process of developing a new mentorship program. Folks are like, well, what is really, what is a mentor program, right? It's an, it's an in informal relationship between two individuals. It could be, for example, I may not be a great public speaker. I know I need to be an effective public speaker, but I know I don't know how to do it. How do I overcome that fear? Well, find someone that you respect Find someone that you feel is an unbelievable speaker and you would be amazed at how many leaders are willing to share their talent, talent and their experiences. So the, the value of a mentorship program is just that it's invaluable. You could pump all the money in the world, but if you don't have that relationship building component where folks can share their experiences and their talent, it's actually a waste of money. So it, it, it's really invaluable and it can be done across the government, across any agency, any office. It doesn't matter if there's three people on a team or if there's 30 people on a team or if there's 4,000 people in the line of business. It's really about making the effort to start. And once it snowballs and people start talking about the, the, the talent or the experience or the knowledge, right? If let's say Javier, you're a senior executive, and I went up to you and said, hey, Javier, you know what? I need some more experience on the policy end of it. Can you help me with that? Well, Javier would be the person I would go to. Help me understand that, right? You don't know what you don't know, but having a mentor really helps you narrow down what you don't know and expands your knowledge of to what you can know and what is available out there to you. Thank you, Migdalia. And, and it's great to hear that uh, more and more agencies are um, understanding the importance of mentorship uh, and establishing their own programs. To that point, uh, you had er earlier, we had talked about having various mentors based on what the need was for a specific topic or skill gap or situation, right? Give me your thoughts on not only agency programs, but the value of mentorship programs outside of one's agency. For example, uh, OPM just came out with a call uh, regarding a government-wide mentorship program. The National Association of Hispanic Federal Executives has a mentorship program. The Young Government Leaders has a mentorship program. What are your thoughts on somebody also looking to those organizations or any others that have it in order to try to round out you know, their mentor uh, relationship or, or their mentor experience? A great leader has a vast knowledge of a whole lot of things. Right. And so what happens is, is when we're get, when we're stuck doing the same thing over and over again, we sort of burn out and our vision is narrowed because this is what we're doing. So, for example, I always tell people I hate numbers doesn't mean I can't do them. 
I just hate them. To me, they're boring. If you send me an Excel spreadsheet, I need colors, I need graphs, I need something. That's just the way my mind works. If I know that that was not my strength and I don't know anybody around me, but I met, uh, let's say, Anna at um, GSA and she's a statistician or this is her, she's in the, she's the research director. Then I would reach out to Anna, say, Anna, help me understand how can I be better at this skill set? Also, you also have to think of yourself as a CEO, right? You are the boss. You need to get a network. You need to get your own board by identifying mentors that are in different lines of businesses or different agencies or different skill sets, that actually is your ace in the hole. Meaning that you get people who are different than you, who think differently than you, who have way more experience in another area that you feel you need to expand on, then that's who you wanna tap into. You don't necessarily want to find a mentor that is just like you. First of all, that's boring, right? And second, how are you planning to grow if someone is thinking the same exact way as you are? I'm, I know I mentioned this previously, but we don't grow when things are good. We grow when we are being challenged, right? And so you want to make sure that you find a mentor that's in another agency. You never know what your future holds. You never know that an opportunity in USAjobs.gov shows up and it's at GSA or it's at um, OPM or it's at the USP, whatever the agency is, it's really about expanding your knowledge. And I will say that the second strength is here, the second value is your own network. You want to be able to have a network of folks that you could tap into because you never know when you're going to need to partner with others. And so if you're stuck in your own little world, how are you going to do that, right? It's like when disasters occur, FEMA is the first one on the, on the ground. However, there's six other agencies that are, that are called to, to deploy to that particular impacted site. And we all work together. I have folks in FEMA, I know folks at um, GSA, um, as a trainer, I've been called to even mentor, mentor at the GSA CXO Mentorship Program. I also work with the employee resource groups, whether it's FAPAC or whether it's the National Council of Hispanic Employment Program Managers, right? We all work collectively to ensure that people are well-informed, that kept abreast of what's going on. But more importantly, and I love the word empower, you want to give folks the information and the tools that they need in order to step up to the program, whatever that looks like, right? Whatever that looks like for you, because I may like one thing, but Javier may, may like another or Jose or Jastria, it doesn't matter. We're all individuals. And so each one of us as an individual needs to be very strategic and thinking about who do I tap into that's going to reinforce what I already have, right? How can I be better at this area? Because in order to be an effective leader, you need to be able to have insight to a variety of different lines of businesses or skill sets in order to be effective. You need to be able to communicate effectively. How do you do that? You learn about other groups of people, how things are done, and that provides with a real diverse thought process that opens the path to a whole lot of stuff.
That's awesome, Migdalia. I love that you ended it with, you know, diversity because diversity comes in in many different sizes and shapes, right? And it's not just about uh, the things that we traditionally consider diverse, but also diversity of thought, diversity of geography, diversity of aperture, et cetera. So that's outstanding. I also like the fact that you brought in network, right? Um, and, and that's something that I think mentees should consider is, you know, even if the mentor-mentee relationship, formal or informal, is over, you know, try to see if there could be a, a continued conversation or communication. Um, it's it's almost like having that virtual Rolodex, right? Uh, for those of us that remember Rolodex, uh, because you never know, right, who's going to be where at what time, and you never know where you could be able to be helpful to somebody else, right? Um, so I think that's super important. Um, I want to close this out just by giving you an opportunity uh, to mention anything that you may have missed or, or something that you wanted to add to this, especially with the focus of really hitting hitting home the idea of why this is so important, not only for mentees, but also for us as mentors, you know, to give back and to pay it forward. So I'll break it down into two. Thanks, Javier. So the first one, as a mentor, you know, as adults, we sort of, um, and, and it's a human thing, we are creatures of habit, right? Once we're doing our job and we think we've quote unquote, made it, oh, you know what? I'm the director. I'm good. I don't need to do anything else. But do you remember your path going up and getting to where you're at right now? How can you help someone else, right? This whole concept of servant leadership, right? A great leader isn't about what's in it for me. It's how can I empower my team to be better? And so as a mentor and as humans, we need to challenge ourselves. And, and we all know, you know, we all have budgets in the federal government and sometimes they're not great or there's a budget freeze and training is the first thing that gets cut in any agency. Training is the first thing that gets cut. But if you have a mentorship program or if you are proactively um, seeking to develop your own skill set and meeting new people, you're just expanding your own network. No one, there's very few people who stay in the same position their entire lives. Back in the day with the baby boomer generation, that was very common, right? You would hear them get a good government job, you know, and just stay there. You're going to be able to retire with, you know, a, a pension. That's not enough anymore. We are in, due to technology, we are very much in a global environment, right? Whatever we can see stuff in Italy, we can see stuff in Germany, we can see stuff in Argentina or in Colombia, right? It doesn't matter anymore because those walls have been knocked down because of technology. I will tell you that as someone who is a mentor to a lot of kids um, and even colleagues, right? It's really about the satisfaction that you get, that you know you're helping someone else get to their next grade or their next position. Yesterday, um, it just so happened that last night I received an email, a text from a young man that I met at the LULAC convention Ooh, right before COVID hit. We kept in touch. He graduated and, and I'll backtrack. When he graduated, he was offered a job by a big company. 
And he was eager to jump at it. He was like, I'm going to take this job. And they offered him $35,000 coming out of college. The funny thing is, uh, I told him, tell them no. He was like, what? Now he is the first born here, first American uh, of his family. Um, unfortunately, his parents are undocumented. And in his head, he was like, no, no, no. I can't, no one in my family has ever made that kind of money. I'm going to get benefits. I'm going to, I said, okay. I was like, do you trust me? He goes, yes, of course. By the time it was said and done, I said, well, ask them, when do they need a response by? And then let's talk about that response in a week's time. He's like, but I don't have any, uh, hey, hey, hey. they don't know you don't have anybody else, anything else lined up. Let's just talk about it for a minute. Well, when he did push back and, you know, this is all negotiations because unfortunately colleges don't teach you about negotiating, right? This was something that my mentor taught me 20 plus years ago. I'm just passing it along the way. It's a tactic and it worked out in his favor because they came back with a sign-on bonus and actually doubled the salary they offered him. But the great thing is he has taken it upon himself to set up an informal mentor, mentor program with the young Latinos at the company, passing it forward. And so for me, this has nothing to do. And I'm, I get, my hairs are standing up. I get emotional about it because this kid took it and ran like he was willing to learn. And so for me, as someone, um, some folks may say I'm a leader, some may not, right? And that's okay. But for me as an individual, it taught me to say, you know what? Never assume that people did have negotiation skills. Never assume I had to teach him how to budget. He never knew how to budget. So it required me to say, okay, I have to put my thinking cap on. How do I teach him how to budget when his family never taught him? Well, his family never taught him because they were too busy working two or three jobs to pay the rent and to put food on the table. They didn't have a network they can refer their son to. They didn't have a friend at a bank to say, hey, you know what? My son would like a, a internship. Do you have something? Most, unfortunately, most immigrants and most uh, minority groups, whether it's female, African-American, Hispanic, Asian, we don't have that kind of network. And so when you take the role of a mentor, you're teaching others how to pass it forward and to help someone else come in the ranks. As a mentee, I'll use Alfonso again as an example, you don't know what you don't know, right? You learned, you graduated college, you memorized everything that was in the book, you memorized what the teacher told you, you passed the test, right? You put in your time. But how you, do you take that information that you learned and actually use it in real life? Because real life is totally different than college. Unless, of course, it's a technical skill set like a lawyer or an accountant, right? But even then, a lawyer, the most famous lawyers have a distinct skill set that is not necessarily taught in school, which is how to be an effective communicator how to sell something, right? If you're a litigator, if you're a lawyer who goes to court and is trying to defend someone, you need to be able to sell the story. And so you need to look at what you're missing in your scope 
And, you know, as humans, we just, we don't like to look in the mirror. We think we, I graduated college. I have a master's. I graduated with a 4.0. Great. That's awesome. What experience do you have? And so as a mentee that allows you to really expand the knowledge and nine times out of 10, it's free, <laughs> which we all like free is good, right? But it's really making an effort of how do I get better at being a decent human being and an effective federal employee for the benefit of the whole, right? It's for the benefit of everybody involved, your colleagues, your home life, you know, your friends, because when you lead by example, others learn. And Alfonso's story, his younger brother um, was expelled, was gotten into a lot of trouble. But during my time mentoring Alfonso, he indirectly started mentoring his brother and his brother just got a scholarship to Marquette University studying business administration. So he turned his younger brother's life around. He was a statistic and now he's not. So it really is, um, it's a win-win situation for everybody involved. It, it's just an awesome opportunity. And sometimes we, we get bored with our jobs and we feel like we're unfulfilled or we're not doing anything of value. Being a mentor helps you to be part of something bigger than yourself. And, and that's all we could just hope for, that we all do the right thing and and make an environment to make a world just a better place with our little insight that we take the time to do. Hey, Dali, as always, great conversation. Thank you so much for your time. It's really appreciated. Thank you. Thank you all. Thank you so much, Javier and Migdalia, for coming on and sharing your insights about mentorship. I'm Colin Larson. I'm joined for a post-episode discussion by Jezreel Lopez and James Tawney, two of our co-producers for this series. Jezreel, James, thank you so much for joining me. Always a pleasure. Thanks for having me, Colin. All right, so mentorship. How have you two experienced mentorship, either being mentored or mentoring someone else in your professional careers? What has that been like for you? I can go first on this one. Um, it, it has been a tremendous experience. It's the reason why I, I am where I am today is because of the mentors that have helped me get through this. Uh, mentors within the military, mentors within my my personal life and here at where at, at the Department of Treasury. Uh, and I liked hearing um, the perspectives from Migdalia and Javier on, on mentoring because it's true there's 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 formal mentors there's informal mentors there's mentors everywhere around you uh and the more that we give the more that we're able to continue to grow particularly in government uh and really drive innovation forward us as innovators need to mentor all these new generations all these new employees that are coming down at what our hardships have been in order for that to change so i think mentoring is going to be key for innovation to move forward um so personally i've i've had both formal mentors informal mentors um i haven't been a formal mentor but i i have you know advised others more more junior to myself um and i, I liked migdalia's point about the importance of having multiple mentors 
Um, you know, so I, I've had the same formal designated mentor since I joined fiscal service approximately three years ago. Uh, but I've also got a group of uh, additional mentors in an informal capacity who've supported my professional development over the past couple of years. And, you know, like Medalia said, each mentor on your board has a different skill set, has a different perspective, and those coming together uh, make you the best possible mentee. Yeah, I really liked um, what Magdalia said about, you know, it's not about asking someone to give you a job. Um, mentorship shouldn't feel transactional, though you do get something out of it and your mentor does get something out of it. It's about a, a, an earnest human connection that you're making with someone. Previous episodes, you know, we've talked about... Um, psychological safety and, you know, building that kind of trust in the workplace. And that's, that's really what it's about. Yeah, I totally agree. Uh, and, and one of the important things also with that mentoring in order to do that around that psychological safety is teaching folks that mentoring is not something that it has to be um, very, to your point, transactional. It's just a conversational. Uh, one of the things at Fiscal that we've been teasing about and now has become an operational program it's speed mentoring is showing that, you know, the value of a 10, 20 minute conversation with somebody that is mentoring and there's value. And based out of that is when you grow into these uh, formal mentors. Uh, so I ask uh, anyone in the audience that's interested to know about our speed mentoring program, reach out to us. We, we, we have been sharing our lessons learned with all agencies, giving everyone our templates free of charge. We, we love mentoring. We believe in mentoring. And that is, again, like we said in the beginning, is the key to continue to grow uh, and innovation moving forward. Right. And to that point about uh, mentorship not being transactional, I think, um, especially when your mentor is someone within your organization, that's another human connection that you have, uh, typically with someone who's of a different level or in a different uh, line of business than yourself. And so I, I think that reinforces your engagement to your organization and uh, improves your employee experience. Yeah. Well, this was a, another great episode. Um, we've got two more, right, Jezreel, uh, this season. What do we got coming up next? Yes, that's right, Colin. We have two upcoming. Uh, and the next one is going to be about upskilling. It's going to be very interesting how all of these tie in building that environment to really help our employees grow when they feel that they're stuck and really upskilling uh, to get to the next stages. So be sure to subscribe to the Buzz with Act wherever wherever you get your podcasts to make sure you don't miss that. Thank you for listening to How Government Built This. This mini-series is a co-production between the Buzz with Act Act-IAC's Emerging Technology Community of Interest and the Bureau of the Fiscal Services Office of Financial Innovation and transformation. I'm Colin Larson. My co-producers are Jezreel Lopez, James Tawney, Cindy Good, Jacqueline French. See you next time.